You're listening to the Long's Chapel Weekly Message Podcast, available Sundays at 5 o'clock p.m. If you would like to connect to Long's Chapel or keep up with all events happening at Long's Chapel Church, connect with us via Instagram, Facebook, or on our church website, longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ, because all people matter to God. This week's message comes from our lead pastor, Reverend Chris Westmoreland. Share together, we have an opportunity to conclude a sermon series. We've been talking about how tiny habits become kind of big impact changes in our life. And so today we get an opportunity to, um, to, to wrap that up. I always love it. I always love it when, um, if I'm listening to God at 5 a.m. and not sleeping, that God kind of changes the sermon to a sermon that I haven't prepared yet. I always love that. That's, that's, always, that's always exciting. Um, you ever say to somebody that like, um, I'm glad that you're not in my head because my head's a scary place to be and it would drive you crazy to be there? Like, have you ever said that to someone? I'm the only person in the room that says that. That might actually be a thing, right? Um, but I'm excited though, because like today's word, like today's word, I want to invite you to consider, and I do want to invite you to consider, it's the word resolution. Uh, and I was kind of meant to wrap up this um, kind of tiny habit sermon series as we think a little bit about resolution and as we think about what that word means. If you look that word up in the dictionary, it actually means all kinds of different things. Like we have a lot of different meanings for that word resolution. Uh, everything from kind of willpower um, resolution to stuff that happens like in Congress when there's resolutions that get passed to like New Year's resolutions and commitments that we make to what it means to have resolution like in a relationship or something that feels broken and um, needs some help and some assistance. And so uh, you don't even know that you've been blessed with the plan that, that God uh, changed for me today at 5 a.m. You don't even know how much you were blessed in that because you were going to get like four sermons in one today. And, and like, God doesn't like speak audibly to me like a lot. I mean, I hear God, but um, like God doesn't normally speak audibly to me, but, but, but I heard very clearly, don't do that to them. Like I heard very clearly, <laughs> like the next three weeks are that sermon series. Like, that's a new sermon series. It's being written like as we're, as we're here together this morning. Um, so like, that's cool. Today, I, I want to invite us to kind of lock in and finish up this sermon series uh, in a bit of a different way. Next week, we'll talk resolution, resolution within ourselves, resolution when it comes to kind of our relationship with God, resolution in um, communal life, life with others, because like sometimes we find ourselves in like conflict and we need um, to be able to pray about some resolution and some determination. Um, uh, today I want to finish up tiny. So in order to do that, I want to touch a little bit on last week because I want to point you back to the, um, the podcast, the, the website um, for last week if you missed it only because last week we had an opportunity to talk about what it means to um, affirm the fact that sometimes life is full of mud. Sometimes life is full of mud. And it's actually really important that we can appreciate the fact that I found this Langston Hughes quote this week, uh, and it really spoke to me. Uh, it said, I'm, I'm so tired of waiting, aren't you? Like, like, for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. So let us take a knife and like cut the world in two and see what worms are eating at the rind. That powerful language from Langston Hughes, and that's a little bit about what we were talking about last week with the fact that sometimes, like, uh, like for something amazing to happen, like Lake Genelusco, right? Or Lake Genelusco to look in the beautiful, amazing way that it does so much of the year. Like, it, like they have to pull some silt out of the bottom, right? And you have to look at the tires and the like, the refrigerators and all the kind of yucky stuff at the bottom, because like that's an important part. That's an important part of the beautification process. 
Um, and so last week I had an opportunity to talk a little bit about that, about a man who had um, uh, mud on his eyes and had an opportunity in an encounter with Jesus. Um, he, had, he had mud placed on his eyes and Jesus said, go to the pool that is uh, Siloam, go, go to the pool that's called Scent and, and just wash. And, and the guy, you got to think at this moment, he's thinking that like, what? Like do what? But, but the more I think about that, like every step that he took in obedience to what Jesus told him is a step he was taking towards healing. Like, it didn't make sense to him. But when he got to the pool and he washed his eyes, like, it made sense because he could see. For the first time, he could see who Jesus was and how he got healed, and, and he could also see kind of the world around him in a way that he hadn't been able to see. And, and so, like, profound stuff, right? And kind of all of that um, is a way for us to affirm the fact that, like, little things matter, like small things, small things, they matter. This morning, I want you to think with me and pray with me about that there's power in the tiny. That there's power in the tiny. Can you think with me about something? I might actually invite you just to share this with a neighbor if something comes to your mind. If it doesn't, it's okay. Uh, if you're on the stream, you can talk to yourself or somebody that might be in the room with you or you can text somebody. But I should think about something that is so very small but so very important. You think about that, something that's so very small, like, like it could very easily be seen as like irrelevant because of its size, but actually it's like a really important thing that actually really makes a significant difference. Can you think about like, just talk to a neighbor about that for 30 seconds, if you will, if, if something comes to your mind, if something doesn't come to your mind, it's okay. You get 30 minutes just to chill. I mean, 30 seconds just to chill, not 30 minutes, 30 seconds just to chill. Take, take a second and do that. Anything that comes to mind that you can say out loud in church? Anybody? An electron. An electron. I love that. An atom. Very good. Very good. An electron. An atom. I love that. What else? Say that again. Salt. salt. Oh, I love that. That's good. A grain of salt. Love it. Man, it flavors. Anybody else? Bees. Say that again. Bees. 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 Se- love it. Thank you. Seeds. Bees. And bees. bees. Sorry. You know, Morgan's a vet. I thought she went the way of the animal kingdom, but seeds, it's good. (laughs) No, it's good. Seeds, think about what Jesus says about a mustard seed, right? Can we just kind of pray on that for just a minute? I mean, Jesus is literally talking to these disciples about how they can reorient their life and how in reorienting their life, it'll actually have a larger impact on the world. And he points them to the smallest seed that they could possibly imagine that produces the biggest you know, the biggest harvest, right? Which is a mustard plant, a mustard seed. And like mustard seed, you can barely see it. Like you almost need an electron microscope to be able to see the thing. Um, but going in the ground, it produces this bush that like, you know, gives off all kinds of leaves and actually has to be cut back like time and again, right? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I love that. I love those. Um, I was thinking about, I guess I was watching a movie or something this weekend and, and I saw the um, picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. You may have been to the Golden Gate Bridge? San Francisco, pretty cool thing. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's not just big beams. It's not just big beams that hold that thing together. But what if it was all big beams? But if what, what if there wasn't any places where it had been welded or any of those like nuts and bolts kinds of things, right? That on, on the one hand for a big bridge seemed pretty small, but I wouldn't want to drive on a bridge without them, would you? Like, like kind of a big deal, right? Tiny, but, but actually really impactful, like really really important. So I'm thinking about um, two funny examples um, of how tiny actually matters. Um, This is a a thing you may have heard, but it's um, a lady ahead ahead of me, somebody says. uh, She ordered some fast food. And the cashier said, that'll be $6.66. 
To which she says, oh no, I don't like that total. You better throw in a corn dog. Isn't that great? And then the person writing this says, you know, this woman is an inspiration to me. <laughs> She's out there fighting off the powers of Satan with a corn dog and her weapon of choice. That's her weapon of choice. Isn't that great? She's out there fighting the powers of darkness with a corn dog as her weapon of choice. God can do a lot with a little, right? God can do a lot with a little. Like tiny, like tiny actually does matter. Like little actually does matter. I, I love this quote that I found. But you may hear this one again. 80% 80 of arguments, 80% of arguments start because someone hasn't eaten. <laughs> 80% of arguments start because someone hasn't eaten. Can I get an amen to that, right? Can I get an amen? Yeah. I, I mean, there's really, like, there's something to that, right? Like, like small stuff ends up not always being so small. It, it actually, well, um, like, could be a little bit bigger. Um, and I'm thinking about this, a Shakespeare quote. Um, oh, when she's angry, she is keen and shrewd. Uh, she has, uh, she was a vixen when she went to school. And though she be little, she is fierce. Though she be little, she is fierce. I actually would love to say that I got that out of some English lit class, but I didn't actually. The movie Sea Biscuit, he quotes that about this tiny horse that wins these incredible championships that nobody gave a chance at. Um, but he says, "Hey, though you know, even though she may be little, she is, she is fierce. Like at least this powerful notion of the fact that God is loving you in big and small ways." Sometimes we pay attention to the big ways, but we forget the small ways. But I actually might suggest to you that the small ways that God is loving you, I might actually suggest to you that those are more like the nuts and bolts that actually hold everything together, that actually, not just daily, but moment by moment, reminds you of who you are and reminds you of, of whose you are. Reminds you of who you are and reminds you of whose of who's you are. I love how um, Scott Modell says this. He says, you know, Christians worship a big God. Big God with a big mission that will one day reach a whole big world. Yet for all of his bigness, like our God actually has a remarkable love for the small. He sets his eye upon like small people in small places during small moments. You like kind of pray about that with me that like we're not just like the God of the big show or you know the big dance like there are moments like that and those are cool moments and at the very same time a majority of the way that the gospel the good news of God is advanced throughout the story of scripture and throughout the story of human history isn't most specifically in the bigger moments that we would point to but it, but it's actually more like the smaller moments that actually are kind of like the guy last week um, that's marching to the pool right like every step that he took towards that pool that Jesus told him to dip in was a step of obedience that was taking him closer to his healing, right? That was taking him closer to like the gift of, of healing. I like how, um, um, again, uh, we may hear, we, we like how prophet, the prophet Zechariah, uh, he, he speaks to like a captivated crowd about not just being kind of hung up in the big, but also actually like really like kind of being tuned into the small uh, the background is when the, when the returned exiles of Israel begin rebuilding the temple under the leadership of Zerubbabel. 
Um, like the young rejoiced and the old wept. Like compared to Solomon's temple, which was, you know, kind of the gray-haired among the people still remembered, still remembered this memory. Like the new sanctuary seemed like a mere stump. Like it was just like a little shoot of this big tree that had existed and it was just kind of reminding them of this big thing that they didn't have anymore. And so their dreams of like the kingdom and this former glory restored, like somehow all of that was kind of dying little by little because they were like not appreciating the gift of the small to which Zerubbabel says this, and this is the kind of the verse I want to invite you to grab hold of today. Um, Who are you, O great mountain? Like before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, like mountain brought low. And, and he shall bring forward the top stone amidst shouts of grace, grace to it. And whoever has despised the day of small things, they'll rejoice. Isn't that a beautiful passage? Like that's Zechariah 4 and then that's uh, verse 7 and verse 10. These are like two passages I've never spent much time on, but I absolutely love that. Like whoever has despised the day of small things, well, you will actually like you'll rejoice. Like for all of God's bigness, our God has like a remarkable love, a remarkable kinship for, for the small. For the small. Think, think about that with me for a minute. Um, I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about, and I, I, I'm, this is gonna come off as kind of funny, but I mean it kind of funny and then kind of serious too. I know marriages that were saved um, when as an act of service, he did the dishes. Like, does that make sense? And we can flip that around gender-wise any way that you want to. Like, 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 it's not all just about the big decisions that are made, but more often it's about the small and oftentimes slow and oftentimes incremental kind of changes that get made where like, we think that like, taking our life, if our life needs to go in a completely different direction, I'm not saying that it does, but I'm saying when it does, like, we think that we have to focus on this really massive change that needs to happen all at once. And can I tell you, friends, that's why by January 29th, 95% of New Year's resolutions are dead. Because we haven't broken those resolutions into pieces and steps and strategies of how we can actually lean into being that person that we actually think we're like called to be. And we just have focused on the goal, but we haven't really thought about how in the world we might actually get there. And so we've focused on the big thing and we've neglected the small things. And, and somehow we just kind of feel guilty and bad and shameful about the fact that we weren't able to, out of our own willpower, uh, rise up enough resolution in our spirit to be able to accomplish that thing. Now, am I preaching to myself or does that, does that identify? Do, can we identify with this? Like, can we identify with this? I want to invite you to kind of grab hold of that because like over and over and over again, there are really big moments in Jesus's ministry, huge moments in Jesus's ministry. But none of those moments stand alone as just, a big, as just a big moment. Every one of those moments, there are smaller moments that make the big moment. There are smaller moments that make the big moment. Thinking about over the next three weeks, we'll use uh, Matthew 18 uh, as a guide, which is uh, kind of a phenomenal teaching that Jesus offers to us about being ambassadors of, of um, restoration and reconciliation uh, for the world. And it's just like so powerful that we could kind of think and pray about all the, 
all the smaller ways that Jesus gives us as example, all the smaller ways that God gives us by example, um, the ways that we are being loved into the kingdom and the ways that we are meant to and invited to pass that love on to a hurting world around us. I love when Pastor Tom was praying a few moments ago, I love how we could have, and we're actually, uh, I think we finished up our 2022 stats. We'll try to send these out uh, this week about kind of Long's Chapel 2022 back, looking back at a year at a glance. It's really cool. But, but we'll do that this week in some form of communication. But, um, but I love that Pastor Tom is like, um, he wasn't like lifting up those massive values of the ways that we want to conquer the world, although God knows we have those. But he's talking about like ways in which, like you fed somebody a sandwich. W- ways in which a friend needed somebody to let them know that they matter and decided to enter their drama and their world, sit with them in that space, hear them out, pray with them, pray for them, not try to fix it, but simply just remind them that they were not, nor are they ever alone. Like friends, I gotta be honest, like life is, like the biggest changes and transformations that have happened in my life, I can't think about how those things happened without the smaller moments that made them. Without the smaller moments that made them. Now here's what I don't want you to do with this. I don't want you, because like you could just write this off and say, man, like, you know, he had two hours to write a sermon and he did a really, like, really horrible job. Like, that's fine. But, so write it off if you want to, but but I really, like, I don't want you to grab hold of, oh my gosh, like, everything I do really matters. Like, there's this microscope on everything I do. And, like, I'm kind of focused on the big stuff, and I'm not doing great about that. And now, like, I'm supposed to focus on the small stuff? Like, I can't breathe anymore. Like, that's not, that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. But it's about finding ways in every moment of life to um, trust in a God who is loving you in that moment and whose presence is with you, like in that moment. Like whoever has despised the day of small things, well, they're actually going to rejoice. Like, who are you? Oh, like great mountain? Like, you're going to become a plain. Jesus says the faith the size of a mustard seed will like tell that mountain to jump, and, and it will jump. And, and just in case you think Jesus missed that bit of prophecy, um, I'm thinking about all of the different mountains in any given week here that I literally see jump out of the way or us find a way around or through because of faith that is quite often nothing more or nothing less than the size of a a mustard seed. Like I'm uh, having a conversation with a family member this week and so I can like um, not use my... um, my pastoral voice, but I can like be a little bit harsher uh, sometimes in a in a you know in a family dynamic or a family conversation where you know probably maybe a little bit less filtered. But I'm having this conversation about this thing, and the person says, "You know what? I've just got to do that because if I don't do that, then like it's just not going to get done." And on the one hand, I love that ability of commitment, but it happened to be kind of a spiritual thing that we were talking about, and I was just able to actually pause and say, "Wow, like you." really have a small notion of who Jesus is in this moment. Like you really have a small notion of who Jesus is in this moment. I love this quote, um, Paul Washer. We, we rob men or women, we rob men or women of a greater vision of God because we do not give them a lower vision of themselves. Like we rob men of a greater vision of God because we do not give them a lower vision of themselves. Let me, let me invite you how not to hear that and how to hear that. 
I don't want you to hear that you're a worm. I don't want you to hear that, man, you just like need to be brought low. What I want you to hear is that that doesn't put you down, but it lifts Christ up. That like you don't have to be put down to, to, to have Christ lifted up in your life. Like when we're talking about discipleship with people, like what Jesus does not do, and nobody can make a faithful argument about the fact that Jesus is just going around, just lowering the bar of discipleship as low as he possibly can so that everybody can cross the hurdle. Like if you believe that, like just read the Sermon on the Mount. Like Jesus is raising the bar of discipleship. Jesus does this over and over again. He says, hey, the Jewish law says this, but that's not enough. I'm telling you, if you really love God, it's this. Like he's raising the bar of discipleship, not so that like we can't cross it, but reminding us that we can't cross it without Jesus. Like we can't cross it without Jesus. Like the most important small change that we could make in our life is to realize that in any given moment, like how large and how high Christ is in, in your life and in my life. Like really important that we could grab hold of, of that truth and live in the persistence Live in the persistence of that gift. The gift of God's love, the gift of God's presence that like God didn't have to offer it, but like God not only like offered it, but God continues to offer it. Even when we walk away from it, even when we reject it. For all of God's bigness, our God has a remarkable love for the small, the still small voice, the person that like is a part of your life that just kind of like weaves into your life and you take for granted that they're there because they're just like part of the fabric of the clothing. You see the clothing and not the fabric, right? Like you see the clothing and not the threads that make up the fabric, but the reality is that like it's a whole bunch of little fibers that actually make up uh, this thing that we cover ourselves with. The whole bunch of, of little moments where Jesus is Lord in our life that allows us to be able to proclaim, hey, like Jesus is Lord. And somehow, friends, like this big God, like this big God who, like bigger than, you know, bigger than all the universes combined, this big God is like apparently patient enough to live in our small days, to live in our small moments, because somehow that's where God's kingdom gets birthed. Somehow that's where big begins. It begins in like the little moments. The little moments with often the people that feel discounted and feel small, but, but like it's because they feel small that hopefully and prayerfully they realize that they can't do it on their own. They can't do it out of their own strength. They can't do it out of their own willpower. And the really good news is they don't have to. Have you ever thought about, you know, that like there's some economic justice stuff in the Bible where Jesus is reaching out to poor folk a whole lot? But have we also thought about the fact that Jesus is reaching out to poor folk a whole lot because they don't have a whole lot to lose? Like there's not a whole lot of insulation that they've built up in their life that kind of prevents God from being God. Like it's not that God is picking on rich folk, right, or folk that live in abundance. It's that Jesus realizes that the abundance that we have so often prevents God from like reaching our heart because we've insulated our lives and we've insulated ourselves. And in many ways, we've actually tried to function as our own God as if we actually don't need God. And it's almost like, like the poor person on the street that you know, Jesus lifts up or the woman at the well who's there at, at, at high noon in the hottest part of the day because that's the only time that she can go because she's like ostracized any other time of the day when anybody else is around. And somehow, like, Jesus believes that that's, like, how the kingdom is going to be birthed. 
Not just in the cross, not just in the empty tomb, but what the cross and the empty tomb were for her was Jesus having a conversation at the well with somebody who felt like they were completely unworthy um, you know, to receive the, the grace and the presence and, and the love of God. Like, I want to invite you to think about the big things that God is doing in this world. And I want to invite you to focus on the small ways that God is doing that in your life and in my life. I want to invite you to think about um, and pray about the, the big, amazing ways that God is bringing healing to your life and to my life. I want you to like really focus on the, the steps, the small steps that God is inviting you to take out of obedience this week, out of obedience this week, that every step will lead you closer to the healing that God longs for you and for I and for us as a world to be able to have. And we'll have an opportunity to see, right, how like small, small, collection of small is what makes up all the world's big things. Uh, and it's how God does some of the most profound, amazing things that we experience in this entire world. Man, um, as long as like we expect big and just big to to come, you know, now and and we expect it to come on the world's terms because that's how the world the world thinks, right? Is the world is thinking like big, um, constantly big. Uh, as we have an opportunity to kind of pray and think about that, right? We are tempted to forsake uh, smaller moments, smaller people, moments that would be perceived as weak. But the faith and the faithfulness in them that remind us of the gift and the power of God's presence um, that, that like is, is, you know, carrying forward in our life. So can I give you an example of what it means? The gift of like part of my role is to be able to proclaim the good news. So today I get to proclaim God's good news and I'm excited about that. But, but I also feel equally convicted that what I, what I do on Monday morning, even if I'm just like getting an opportunity to sit with one person and hear a little bit of their story, is just as important because if I'm not doing this, then I actually shouldn't be doing that. Like if I'm not doing that, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, like, cause somehow, right, friends, the, the, the small stuff does get accumulated and it does allow for really, really big impact. I, I want you to um, do me a favor, will you? Like just, or do yourself a favor. Just kind of close your eyes for a second, will you? And, and I just want to invite you to think about, um, I, I'm going to invite you to think about how we started the service, how I was, I was standing in the wing, but there was this background of sound that was on top of the sound in the room. Can I invite you to think about that for a second? And we think about the fact that that is um, so often the way our lives work. So often the way our lives work is that there's constantly this background soundtrack that's running in the background that we've heard it so much, sometimes we don't even pay attention to it, but it's kind of always there. And sometimes, friends, that's where we allow Jesus to be, in the background soundtrack of our life. With all the other noise that's there, with all the other challenges, hardships, issues, challenges that we face, brokenness, like we just let Jesus kind of hang out in all of that stuff, kind of like at the edge of our mind, at the edge of our memory, in the background of our life. Occasionally we hear it and it, it you know, kind of interrupts what we're doing in the moment, but then we try to begin to tune it out again and, and, and just do our thing. And what I wanna invite you to do is something that is a small step but will lead to eternal impact <laughs> is to pull Jesus out of the background and to allow Jesus into the foreground of our life 
and, and, and of our thoughts and of our decisions and of our actions and, and of our relationships. Oh God, we, um, we just simply are thinking in these moments about some of the smaller things in life that we do. That sometimes, uh, quite often, oh God, we just think, it, we think they're not enough. Like we wanna think big. We wanna think huge. I mean, great things happen when we think huge and big and we all take a piece and a part and we become part of a larger whole and, and that's wonderful. And yet, like what that really is, oh God, is um, a big thing that's happening because there's a whole lot of smaller things that are happening and a whole lot of people that are somehow coming together in the smallness of those things aimed and focused and, and directed towards your Holy Spirit and your will and your purpose. And somehow, oh God, out of all of that, then your spirit cultivates a unity where great and big things happen as each of us play a small part. And so, oh God, um, we, we long for us to be able to see the significance of the small. We long, oh God, um, to be able to honor the importance of every moment and every encounter and to be able to actually be present because if we're present in the present moment, then we have an amazing opportunity to be able to find your presence in it. And so in this moment, oh God, pray that you help us to to feel and to see the gift of your presence. Help us, oh God, in this moment, in our heart, to cultivate like one small way that we want to worship you after this worship service. One small way, oh God. Maybe it's, we're going to try to pause every two hours today and and uh, turn our hearts to you. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's we're gonna like reread this Bible passage um, uh, at least as many times as we watch football today. Like, it could be a lot of different things, oh God. And we're just praying that you could like, like help us, not relying on our own strength, not relying on our own wisdom, not relying on our own steam, but placing ourselves in the palm of your hand and realizing, oh God, that the things that seem small that end up in the palm of your hand end up not just changing our world, but end up changing the world. And so maybe in our heart, oh God, it's a personal discipline that we wanna adopt. Maybe it's a harmful habit that we wanna let go of. Maybe it's, oh God, what's percolating in our heart is a relationship that we need to invest in Maybe not by like doing this massive one-time gesture, grand gesture of, of goodness, but, but maybe, oh God, committing to five smaller gestures of goodness that allow love to wear down the friction and the conflict and, and the problem, whatever that may be. Oh God, we pray that you would um, lead us to the tiny seed that will move mountains. Lead us, oh God, um, not to despise the small things, but when we do to have enough trust and faith in you to be able to see your vision for the world and to rejoice. For it's in the like small and large, amazing name of Jesus who comes not only to redeem the world, 
but who comes to love each and every one of us every moment of our being and existence. We pray, oh God, that you would um, help us to grab hold of that gift, truth, love this day in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining the Long's Chapel Message Podcast. If you connected in any way with us via this podcast, we invite you to connect further by either leaving a rating and review down below or contacting us via our church website at longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ because all people matter to God. See you next week.